Let's look at the hadith now. Haddathana Abdan wa Muhammadun qala akhbarana Abdullah akhbarana Asim ibn Sulayman an Abi Uthman qala haddathani Usama ibn Zayd radiyallahu anhuma. Usama ibn Zayd reported qala he said arsalat ibnatun nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ilayhi. The daughter of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent for her father meaning she sent a message to him asking him to come. And the message was that inna bin ali qubida that my son is dying is about to die fatina so come to us So you see what's happening the daughter of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sent a message that my son is dying so please come fa arsala so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not go instead he sent a message yuqri'u salama sending his salam wa yaqulu and he said Meaning the message was that inna lillahi ma akhada. Indeed, to Allah belongs whatever He has taken, whatever He takes. Walahu ma arta, and to Him belongs whatever that He gives. Wa kullun indahu bi ajalim musamma, and everything with Him is according to a specified time. Fal tasbir, so she should be patient. Wal tahtasib, and she should expect reward from Allah. فَأَرْسَلَتْ إِلَيْهِ So she sent for him again. تُقْسِمُ عَلَيْهِ Taking an oath that لَيَأْتِيَنَّهَا That he must definitely come to her. So this time, she sent a more powerful message that by Allah, he has to come. So he came. فَقَامَ So he got up. وَمَعْهُ سَعْدُ بْنُ عُبَادَةَ And with him was Sa'd ibn Ubada. وَمُعَاذُ بْنُ جَبَلْ And also مُعَاذِ بْنُ جَبَلْ وَأُبَيُّ بْنُ كَعْبْ وَزَيْدُ بْنُ سَابِتْ وَرِجَالٌ These companions were with the Prophet وسلم, and some other men also. So they all came with him. فَرُفِعَ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الصَّبِيُّ So the child was lifted up to the Prophet وسلم, meaning he was carried up and given to the Prophet وَنَفْسُهُ تَتَقَعْقَعُ and his nafs was tataqaqa'u. What this means is that his chest was shuddering. And this is basically when someone is struggling to breathe, gasping for breath. And these are the last few breaths that a person takes before he dies. Qala hasibtuhu annahu qala. The narrator said that I think he said that ka'annaha shannun. That it was shuddering. Like an old water skin. A water skin is like a bag in which, a leather bag, which is made of skin, animal skin, and they use it for uh, keeping water. So if there's water in it and you shake it, then is there any sound that comes out of it? Right? Like for example, a hot water bottle. Right? When it's filled with water and you shake it, you can hear something. So just like that, they, they could hear him breathing. فَفَاضَتْ عَيْنَاهُ so on seeing the child like that, the Prophet wasallam's eyes filled with tears. فَقَالَ سَعْدٌ So Sa'ad radiallahu anhu said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ مَا هَذَا? O Messenger of Allah, what is this? Meaning, how come you're crying? فَقَالَ So he said, هَذِهِ رَحْمَةٌ This is mercy. That جَعَلَهَ اللَّهُ فِي قُلُوبِ عِبَادِهِ That Allah has placed in the hearts of His servants. وَإِنَّمَا يَرْحَمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ And Allah has mercy upon those servants of his who are ruhama who are merciful 
Meaning those who show mercy receive Allah's mercy also. So Imam Bukhari brings this hadith over here to show that the Prophet ﷺ wept over the death of his grandson. And he called that crying mercy. So we are not prohibited from crying at the death of someone. Because not crying is a result of lack of mercy. Is a sign of hardness of the heart. That a person doesn't feel anything. He doesn't feel any sense of loss or sadness and he doesn't even cry. So we see almost that in this hadith we are encouraged to let those tears come. It's a sign of mercy. So crying itself is not prohibited. But what is prohibited is wailing. Now about this hadith, something else about this hadith. It is said that this was Zainab radiallahu anha. This was the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ, Zainab. And her words, إِنَّ بِنَ قُبِضَ When she sent the first message, what that meant was that my son is about to die. It doesn't mean that he has died already. What it means is that he is, that he's almost dying. Now, if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, when he received the message, he did not go himself. What he did is that he sent a message to her. He sent words of condolence to her. Why? Why do you think so? Why do you think so? I mean, some people when they read this hadith, they wonder, how could the Prophet ﷺ not go immediately? I mean, we would think that if your grandchild is dying, then you would leave whatever you were doing, everything, and just go to your daughter, to your grandchild. Right? Why? What's the wisdom in this? The Prophet ﷺ did not go immediately. He went later, but he did not go immediately. So we can see that the Prophet ﷺ was busy. There is a lot of people around him. And their names are mentioned over here. And it wasn't just these four or five men. There were Rijalun, some other people also. So it seems that the Prophet ﷺ was busy with something. And it must not have been something very simple or very insignificant. It must be something significant it must be something regarding the deen of Allah, regarding the defense of the Muslims, some greater good because of which he had to sacrifice his family's expectation. Right? And this is something that we must appreciate. That the Prophet ﷺ gave up a lot. He sacrificed a great deal in the way of Allah. And one glimpse of that we see over here. Imagine, what would happen to us if we found out that one of our relatives is almost dying? What would we do? We would leave our salah, we would leave our class, we would leave everything, right? And just go there right away. This is what we think. Forget about your obligations, and then just go stand next to the person who may be close to death. We see a beautiful balance over here. The Prophet ﷺ went later, not immediately. Because if he went immediately, there would be two problems. The first problem would be that the work that he was doing at the time would be neglected. His obligations towards as a prophet, they would be neglected. His obligations as a leader of his community would be neglected. And so he had to prioritize his duties as the prophet above his duties as a father and a grandfather. You understand? And the second thing would be, the second problem would be that his coming there would cause more panic. 
more grief. Because he did not come alone, other people came with him. You see, if a child, for example, if a child falls, and it's just a, a small hurt, and you leave everything you're doing and you say, what happened? And you just run to the child. What's going to happen to that child? He's going to start screaming even more. I remember when I was little, we were at school and we were playing and I fell. And I felt like something happened on my knee. So I pulled up my pants and I saw my knee and I pulled, you know, to try to look at the cut. And as I tried to look at the cut, I actually ripped my skin. All right. Yes, it was quite disgusting. So as I saw my skin ripping in front of me, I started crying. I didn't see any blood at that time. Okay, I started crying because it was hurting and I saw my skin ripping. It was a very deep cut. So what happened? My friend quickly ran to call the teacher. And my sister, you know, she helped me go towards the building. And as I'm going with my pant rolled up, one of my friends came. And when they saw my knee, <gasps> what happened? And as I looked down, my entire leg was covered in blood. And I started crying so much more when I saw that blood. When I saw that blood, I cried even more. Even though the pain was not that much. I mean, yes, it was hurting, but it was not that much. But I started crying more because I saw all that blood. So it is something very natural that when you are sad and people surround you and people start pitying you, then what happens is that you feel your grief increasing. You feel your grief increasing. So parents who give space to their children and let their children figure out things on their own are wise. And parents who keep interfering with their children over everything small and big make their children overly dependent on the parents. And they do not let their children grow up they do not let their children handle grief, handle loss. So this was a very wise decision of the Prophet ﷺ to not respond immediately. You understand? This was a very wise decision. Think about it. If you were to take a test and your parents say, no, no, don't worry, I'll go with you. Right? They baby you like this. Then when will you have the confidence to deal with problems in life? You will not have that confidence. You have to be thrown into that difficulty and they need to allow you to figure things out on your own as difficult, as painful, and as scary that they may be. You have to figure it out. Now people might become judgmental over here or the Prophet ﷺ was so harsh, he didn't go to see his daughter. I think it was very wise of him. This was very wise of him. Because especially parents, their presence somewhere Especially when you're grieving, you know, it can make you feel even more weak. Even more weak. You feel like, oh, nobody's for me. And nobody's there for me. But then at the beginning you feel like that. But then you, you realize, okay, I can manage this. I can handle this inshallah. This is doable. And you learn. In Pakistan, we moved from one city to another at a certain point. And you have washing machines in Pakistan, but you don't have uh, dryers. At least at that time, there were no dryers. And Washing machines were also such that you would have to rinse the clothes separately. Meaning, in the washing machine, clothes would not get rinsed. Okay, so you'd have to take them out, rinse them yourself in a bucket of water, and then put them in the spinner, and then you hang them to dry. 
Okay? So it's a long process. It so happened with me that when we moved uh, to this particular place, there was nobody in our house at that time to help out with the chores. Right? My parents didn't hire anybody. And when I ran out of all my clean clothes, I went to my mom and I said, who's going to do the laundry? Right? I need my clothes. And she said, do it yourself. I said, what do you mean? She said, you sort out your clothes, all right? divide up all the loads, and this is how you operate the machine, this is how you rinse them, and this is how you hang them. I said, I'm not doing it. I cried. I was only 14 years at that time. I cried. I was like, I'm not doing this. And you see, here if you do laundry, it's different. Everybody does it. In Pakistan, you don't do it. Your servants do it, typically. That's how the, the setup is. So this was shocking for me that A, I have to do laundry myself, and B, this is so weird. My friends don't do it. My cousins don't do it. Why do I have to do it? I cried for an entire day, and my mom did not budge. She didn't say, oh, my poor child, you have schoolwork, it's okay, I'll do it for you. She did not budge. And I had to figure it out myself. She told me how to do it, and I did it. I cried, and she did not budge, and it helped me grow up. It did. So it's necessary that we stop babying our children. And when they're babies, yes, baby them. But as they grow older, when they're no longer babies, then don't baby them. Let them grow up. And you have to control yourself. You have to control yourself. Because as a mom, you know your heart, your mind is such that you have to look after your children. If they make one sound, you want to go help them immediately. But if you do so, you're going to handicap them for the rest of their life. So we see over here something very mature. The Prophet ﷺ, he did not go right away. Instead, he sent her a message. And this is something that we can do also. The Prophet ﷺ sent such a beautiful message. And these words of condolences, if we can memorize them, we can use them also. Because sometimes we go to visit someone to offer condolences and we don't know what to say. We just sit there, stare. And we say, I'm so sorry for your loss. What does that even mean? Is it your fault? Why are you apologizing? So say something that's befitting, that's appropriate. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ مَا أَخَذَ وَلَهُ مَا أَعْطَى To Allah belongs whatever He takes and whatever that He gives. Meaning, if Allah has taken your child, He is the one who gave it. And if He's taken it, it belongs to Him anyway. So if He gave it to you, that was His favor. That was His blessing on you. إِنَّ لِلَّهِ مَا أَخَذَ وَلَهُ مَا أَعْطَى So He reminded her of Allah's mulk. Allah's perfect ownership of everything. Right? And then He's saying that, وَكُلٌّ عِنْدَهُ بِأَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى Everything with Him has a fixed time. What does it mean? That when it belongs to Him, then He can take it, He can give it whenever He wants. And for everything is a fixed time, and that fixed time can neither be deferred nor, de- nor brought in advance. This was fixed. Now, these words... They remind a person of a very important matter, which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 
full power over everything. He is the Malik. He is the owner. And when you remember that Allah is the owner, then you have sabr. This is why we're told that when we're struck by some difficulty, what should we say? Inna lillahi. Even we belong to Allah. Wa inna ilayhi rajiun. We have to go back to Him. So He reminded her through Amr Qadri. Right? Amr Qadri. Qadri meaning related to Allah's decree. And then He reminded her with Amr Shari. Religious matter. And what is that? That have sabr. Expect reward from Allah. Because Allah says, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give good news to those who are patient. Right? So we see that his words of condolences included two things. Right? He offered his condolences by reminding her of Amr Qadri and Amr Shari. Amr Qadri, this is life. This is a fact. This is what Allah has decreed. He gives, He takes, everything has a fixed time. And Amr Shari, now religiously, what are you obligated to do at this time? Have patience. And then we see that the Prophet ﷺ, when he came and he saw the baby or the child, he cried himself. And why did he cry? Because he saw that child in pain. And he called this crying mercy. And we see Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, he was amazed. He said, ما هذا? What is this? Why are you crying? In another narration, we learned that he said, أَتَبْكِي وَأَنْتَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ O Prophet, you're crying when you are the Messenger of Allah? How could you cry? And the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّمَا أَبْكِي رَحْمَةُ اللَّهَ I am crying out of mercy for this child. Because, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَرْحَمُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ إِلَّا الرُّحَمَاءِ Allah is not merciful to His servants except to those who are merciful. Meaning those who are merciful, Allah shows them mercy also. But we see that he wept, he did not wail. Next hadith, حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد حدثنا أبو عامر حدثنا فليح بن سليمان عن هلال بن علي عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه. أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه reported قال شهدنا بنتا لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said that we were present for the daughter of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم, meaning when she passed away, when she was to be buried, we were there. قَالَ وَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ جَالِسٌ عَلَى الْقَبْرِ He said, and when we were supposed to bury her, the Prophet ﷺ was sitting على القبر. على القبر doesn't mean on top of the grave, because the grave had been dug out. Okay, this is before lowering the body in the grave. على القبر means by the grave. Okay, so he was sitting there. قَالَ فَرَأَيْتُ عَيْنَيْهِ تَدْمَعَانِ He said, I saw the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ filled with tears. قَالَ فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, هَلْ مِنْكُمْ رَجُلٌ لَمْ يُقَارِفِ اللَّيْلَةِ Is there among you a man who was not intimate last night, meaning with his spouse? فَقَالَ أَبُوْ طَلْحَةَ أَنَا So Abu Talha رضي الله عنه said, I. قَالَ The Prophet ﷺ told him, فَنْزِلْ So get down, meaning into the grave. قَالَ فَنَزَلَ فِي قَبْرِهَا So Abu Talha Descended in, in the grave, meaning he is the one who got down and descended the body, lowered the body, and put the body in its place. He is the one who basically buried the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. So again, Imam Bukhari brings his hadith over here to prove that 
the Prophet ﷺ himself shed tears. He was weeping at the death of his daughter. So crying itself is not prohibited. And this hadith, the ulama also use it to prove that a non-mahram can also lower the body and bury the body of a woman. Of course, those who are closest to her in relationship, like her husband, her father, her brother, her relatives, they have the most right to bury her. But if for some reason they are not able to, then any other man can also do that. But can women do this? Can women lower the body and bury? No, they cannot do this. It's the men who have to do it. One thing before we continue, this is the only incident in which we learned that the Prophet ﷺ asked this question. That who was not intimate the night before. This is the only incident. In other incidents, we don't learn about this question. So it's not, Ibn Ba'as says that it's not wajib, it's not mandatory that only such people bury the body. Meaning people who have not been intimate the night before. You understand? It's not a condition. Why the Prophet ﷺ asked this question over here? We don't know. People have given different explanations, but we don't know. It is possible that it is said that this daughter of the Prophet ﷺ was Umm Kulthum, the wife of Uthman radiallahu anhu. So Uthman radiallahu anhu was there. The Prophet ﷺ himself was there. All right, but who buried her? Abu Talha. Not her husband, not her father. And it is said that if the Prophet ﷺ was crying, you would imagine that Uthman anhu was also crying. Because his wife had died, his wife who was the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ had no other daughters now. Because remember, he married two daughters of the Prophet ﷺ, one after the other. Correct? So now, his relationship with the Prophet ﷺ had kind of ended. You understand? His relationship as an, a son-in-law. So that was something very painful for him. So it is said that perhaps Uthman anhu was overcome by a lot of grief. And if he would go into the grave and then bury his wife, it would be extremely difficult upon him. Extremely hard upon him. So this is the reason why the Prophet wasallam asked this question in order to kind of indirectly prevent Uthman anhu from burying his wife. You understand? Because it would have been very hard on him. There's other explanations given also, but Allahu A'lam. You should be aware that this is not a condition for people to bury the dead. Next hadith, حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدَانَ حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ أَخْبَرَنَا بْنُ جُرَيْجٍ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنِي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ عُبَيْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ أَبِي مُلَيْكَةَ So Abdullah ibn Ubaidillah ibn Abi Mulayka. He reported, قَالَ He said, a daughter of Uthman radiallahu anha, anhu died in Makkah. And we came to see her, meaning to be present for her burial. And Ibn Umar and Ibn Abbas also came. Now you see what happened? The daughter of Uthman radiallahu anhu died. And who's coming? Ibn Umar, Ibn Abbas. These are big names. وَإِنِّي لَجَالِسٌ بَيْنَهُمَا Ibn Ubaidullah, Ibn Abi Mulayka. He says that I was sitting between them. I was also there. أَوْ قَالَ جَلَسْتُ إِلَىٰ أَحَدِهِمَا Or he said, I sat on 
on the side of one of them. ثُمَّ جَاءَ الْآخَرِ Then another came. فَجَلَسَ إِلَى جَنْبِي And he sat on my side. فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا So Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, لِعَمْرِ ibn عُثْمَان To Amr ibn Uthman, أَلَا تَنْهَا عَنِ الْبُكَاءِ Will you not stop people from crying? You see what's happening here? The daughter of Uthman who passed away. Alright? And now people have come to offer their condolences, to participate in the burial. And there are some people who are also crying. So when Ibn Umar sees people crying, he says to Umar ibn Uthman, that will you not stop people from crying? You're letting them cry? فَإِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ Because the Prophet said, إِنَّ الْمَيِّتَ لَيُعَذَّبُ بِبُكَاءِ أَهْلِهِ عَلَيْهِ That indeed the deceased person is surely punished because of the crying of his family over him. Now we see that Ibn Umar understood this hadith as any kind of crying. You cannot cry at all. This was his understanding. But we see from other narrations and the understanding of other companions that every kind of crying is not prohibited. It's only wailing, نوح, that is prohibited. فَقَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا So Ibn Abbas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ He said, قَدْ كَانَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَقُولُ بَعْضَ ذَلِكَ Ibn Abbas said, Umar would say that. Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ would say that. ثُمَّ حَدَّثَ قَالَ And then he narrated, قَالَ He said, صَدَرْتُ مَعَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مِن مَكَّةَ then he mentioned a story. He said, Umar used to say that actually. And he mentioned the story where he heard Umar saying that. He said, I appeared with Umar from Makkah, meaning we left Makkah. حَتَّى إِذَا كُنَّا بِالْبَيْدَاءِ Until when we reached بَيْدَاءِ إِذَا هُوَ بِرَكْبٍ تَحْتَ ظِلِّ سَمُرَ When we saw some people, some riders under a certain tree, right? meaning they were taking the shade. So, فَقَالَ ذهب. So Umar anhu said to me, go, فَانظُرْ مَنْ هَؤُلَاءِ الرَّكْبِ And go see, who are these riders? Who are these people? قَالَ Ibn Abbas, he said, that فَنَظَرْتُ فَإِذَا صُهَيْبٌ He said, when I saw, I found over there Suhaib. فَأَخْبَرْتُهُ So I informed him, meaning I told Umar, that it is it is Suhaib. فَقَالَ So he said, أُدْعُهُ لِي Call him to me. So you see what's happening? Ibn Abbas is telling a story. That once he and Umar were traveling, they left Makkah. And when they reached Bayda, a certain area, they saw some riders under a tree. So Umar sent Ibn Abbas that go see who those people are. So Ibn Abbas went and checked. And he came and told him that it is Suhaib. So Umar said, go call him. فَرَجَعْتُ إِلَى صُهَيْبٍ فَقُلْتُ اِرْتَحِلْ فَالْحَقْ أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So he went to Suhaib, Ibn Abbas, and told him, that come and join Amirul Mu'mineen. Come, he's calling you. فَلَمَّا أُصِيبَ عُمَرُ Now what happened after that, we don't know. However, later, when أُصِيبَ عُمَرُ When Umar anhu was struck down. What does it mean by that? When he was attacked. Remember somebody attacked him when he was leading the people in Fajr prayer. So when he was attacked, and remember he didn't die immediately. He was bleeding heavily and he died soon after that. But when he was struck, دَخَلَ صُهَيْبٌ يَبْكِي Then Suhaib came to Umar anhu, and he was crying. يَقُولُ And he was saying, وَا أَخَاهُ Oh my brother! 
wa akhahu meaning oh what happened what am i going to do so he was expressing his grief wa sahibahu faqala umar radiyallahu anhu so umar radiyallahu anhu said to suhaib ya suhaib atabki alayya o suhaib are you crying over me wa qad qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam while the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that inna almayyita yu'adhdhabu bi ba'dhi buka'i ahlihi alayhi that the deceased is punished for some of the crying of his family over him. So you see what's happening now? Ibn Abbas related the story. And he said, I heard Umar say this. He narrated this hadith. And he narrated it like this. Some crying, not all crying, some crying. قال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما فلما مات عمر رضي الله عنه ذكرت ذلك لعائشة. Ibn Abbas then explained, that when Umar died, I mentioned that to Aisha radiallahu anha. That this is what Umar radiallahu anhu said. He did not allow people to cry. And this is what he narrated. Why is Ibn Abbas asking Aisha radiallahu anha? Because she's the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And she would know things that many other people didn't know. And she was well known for her knowledge. So to seek clarification, to understand this matter, he asked Aisha. فَقَالَتْ so Aisha radiallahu anha said, Rahimallahu Umar, may Allah have mercy on Umar. Wallahi ma haddatha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not say that inna Allah la yu'adhibul mu'mina bibuka'i ahlihi alayhi. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not say that Allah will punish the believer because of his family crying over him. That's not what he said. وَلَكِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ But the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَزِيدُ الْكَافِرَ عَذَابًا That indeed Allah will increase the disbeliever in punishment بِبُكَاءِ أَهْلِهِ عَلَيْهِ Because of the crying of his family over him. So she said that understand the word mayit. Mayit, deceased, does not mean believer. It means the non-believer. That when his family cries over him, then he is punished. وَقَالَتْ حَسْبُكُمُ الْقُرْآنِ And she said, enough for you is the Qur'an. Meaning, refer to the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وِزْرَ أُخْرَى No bearer of burden will bear the burden of another. So why should the deceased be punished? For the sin of those who are alive. قَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا So Ibn Abbas said, عِنْدَ ذَلِكَ At that time, وَاللَّهُ هُوَ أَضْحَكَ وَأَبْكَى Allah is the one who makes people laugh and makes people cry. Where is this mentioned in the Quran? Surah Al-Najm. That Allah makes people laugh and cry. So why is Ibn Abbas saying this? That if a person cries naturally, because he's sad, why is he crying? Because this feeling and ability Allah has put in him. قَالَ ابْنُ أَبِي مُلَيْكَةَ وَاللَّهِ مَا قَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا شَيْئًا so Ibn Abi Mulaika said that by Allah, Ibn Umar then, he did not say anything. So Ibn Mulaika is narrating this whole story. So just a quick summary, what happened? The daughter of Uthman died, people came to visit. Everybody is sitting, some people are crying. Ibn Umar said to the brother of that woman, that why don't you stop people from crying? Because the Prophet ﷺ said such and such. So Ibn Abbas explained that, you know what? Umar, your father also used to say that. And this is the time when I heard him saying that before his death. And I went to Aisha and I asked her about it. And she explained that mayyit does not just mean any deceased, it means the kafir. 
And then she explained with the ayah. And Ibn Abbas, when he's narrating the story, he added the explanation that crying is natural, it comes from Allah. So what did Ibn Umar do? He didn't say anything then. Meaning he accepted the explanation that Ibn Abbas offered. So in summary, what do we learn? Crying itself is not prohibited. It's only some types of crying that is prohibited. Secondly, as I mentioned to you earlier, that adab does not necessarily mean punishment. It can also be understood as pain. And thirdly, we can also understand that mayyit, the deceased over here, does not mean the believer. It means the person who doesn't believe. He is in more pain. Because he would want to save his family, but he will not be able to. In the ahadith that come later in this bab, we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said specifically about those who died in a state of disbelief that they were being punished because of the crying of their family. So inshallah we will learn those ahadith in the next class. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.